Hey guys, before we get stuck into today's episode, I want to thank the sponsor of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, and that is Unify Health Supplements. Unify have the most premium, high-quality, science-backed products on the market in Australia today, and you guys can use the code TFLP to save 10% off your next order at unifyactive.com. Unify has a range of products, including whey protein isolate, plant-based protein, a pre-workout, creatine monohydrate, and their best-selling product, the Hydration Formula. So again, use that code TFLP to save 10% at unifyactive.com. My name's Belinda. I am the owner and founder of RE3 Ice Compression Packs, and welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Linda, welcome to the show. Thanks, Danny. Long time no see. At least two days. How's the doms? Any doms this week? Do you know what it is? The what? We'll start off with a quick lesson for everyone. Delayed onset muscle soreness. Oh, yes. Yeah? I actually do. I actually do. After our workout on Tuesday morning. Bit of time away, we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah? (laughs) Um, Welcome to the show. Thank you. For those that are wondering what the fuck I'm talking about with all these questions, Belinda is one of my clients and good friend. Um, now, I want to start the conversation today. Obviously, we're going to be talking about RE3 compression mm-hmm. um, and ice compression, what it actually is, the benefits of using it. Um, but I think the important part of that is like the story of how it all came about and then a lot of the lessons and learnings along mm-hmm. the way. So when we first started training together, I can't remember the year. Well, you should know because it was when, when yeah. it all, when like the first idea of the company even started. Yeah. And I remember our first session, you were telling me about some of the prototypes and stuff. Yeah. Um, so would you like to rewind a little bit sure. and give us some insight into how the idea came about? Yeah. And then I guess the process of actually starting the company and getting the prototypes done. Okay. Well, I think we started training I think it was probably back in 2018. And I remember I hadn't launched, but I was close. Um, And I launched the business back in, I think it was October 2018. Um, But started the process, you know, several years before that. So um, my background is, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a physio. Um, My background's actually in media. So I worked for News Limited for many years, um, had a family, got three kids, took some time away and knew I didn't want to go back to what I was doing, but knew that there was, you know, something more. Mm-hmm. And my children are all quite um, athletic and my two daughters at the time were swimming competitively A bit of a family failing is hypermobility in the joints. So lots of issues with knees and ankles. And I'd been doing a bit of research on different materials for perhaps thinking about a swimwear line, Mm -hmm. but thought, you know, that's quite challenging with all the contingencies of different body types, et cetera. So parked it. Quite saturated too, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Very competitive space. And when the girls, we were taking them to the physio with swollen knees, you've got to ice these knees when they get out of the pool. And it kind of sparked an idea when 
what do I use? Is it a bag of peas? Is it mm-hmm. ice in a bag? And they gave me a contraption, which was effectively a plastic bag with a screw top lid. You yep. shovel ice into it. We've mm-hmm. all used one yeah. with a bit of a piece of rubber and some straps. And I th- they wouldn't use it. It was cumbersome. It was uncomfortable. The they kids wouldn't use it? Well, it was just messy. It was messy and uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and it kind of a, it was a bit of a light bulb moment because I thought, you know what, this is this is a really common problem. Um, we actually have an ice maker in our freezer. A lot of people don't, and you need that to be able to use one of these. The bag thing. The yeah, bag yeah. thing. And I thought it just sort of sparked the idea of, gee, you know, wouldn't it be great to have something that was comfortable and easy to use, mm. you weren't stuck to the couch. Yeah. That's where the idea basically came from. Um, and I knew that I wanted to have something that was easy to use, was comfortable, would be soft when it was frozen, have surface area. So a lot of yeah, a lot of things on the list, and not as easy as what you might think um, to design. But I, I think imagine. I got I think I got there in the end. Oh, but yes, it did. Just before we keep going, because I want to mm. continue on um, from there. But yep. for those that are wondering what the final product actually kind of is yeah and looks like yeah um and we can chuck up some images on the screen and stuff anyway but um you mentioned how it was difficult to put it together and you had the idea and the concept and whatnot Mm. so what is the actual product now just so everyone knows ahead so what we've designed is a brace that in itself isn't particularly unique Mm. but inside the brace there's a pocket like a waterproof Um, pocket zipper where you insert an ice core blanket which is kind of what the combination of those things together is what makes the product unique because when Mm. that blanket is frozen it is still soft yet it holds its temperature so a lot of gel packs that you would buy from the pharmacy um, feel really nice when you put them on but they go warm really quickly yeah Um, and not not reusable um, they, yeah, they re- yeah, they're reusable, but they don't generally they hold, don't their, hold temperature. their temperature. So they're really, cold, they're really, really cold, yeah. but go warm really quickly or yeah. they're hard. So they're hard to be flexible. Molded and stuff. Whereas the idea that I had actually went, it, you know, funny story, I actually went to Melbourne Uni and sat in the science department with um, some of the, you know, science lecturers, scientists, yeah. whatever you call them, <laughs> about this concept of what I wanted to do to have this liquid hold its temperature but remain soft. Mm. Um, and sat in their tea room and talked about it and what my concept was and um, workshopped it, which, true story. Um, and they thought I was probably a little crazy, but yeah. it works. So the satchel... How long did it take to, to get the... I guess you'd call it the formula, right? Yeah. Oh, look, lots of prototyping and mucking around and testing. Mm. Uh, look, honestly, that component, probably over a year to get it just right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I did all of this on my own. I didn't have a team of people. It yeah. was just a concept and I just workshopped it. And That's awesome. Until I got it right. So it's incredible. what makes it different is the brace with the ice core blanket that goes inside mm. and then you attach it. You can walk around. Yeah, that's mobile. right. I've, uh, 
I've been a frequent user of your products. Unfortunately, but probably fortunately for you, unfortunately for me. But, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's one thing I really like about it is the versatility of being able to use it yeah. and not have to just sit down in one spot and, and basically not move. Yeah. And then the second part is I would often wear it when I went to sleep. Yeah. As well, which I found, I don't know if you meant to do that, but I was doing that. Um, do you know but I have, just found that yeah. just like compared to, as you said, like a bag mm. of peas or whatever, yeah. shit goes everywhere. It's like once it yeah. starts to um, warm up, I guess you could say, yeah. uh, there's just water and stuff everywhere. Whereas yeah. this thing, I found it so so helpful after surgery, but even yeah. after, after training sessions, particularly lower body for my knee. Um, and even, I don't know if you mentioned this before, but I like the fact that they're, the braces are all specifically for each different area. Yeah. So I, I use one after my shoulder reco as well. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. Which is obviously completely different yeah. to the knee one. Um, but yeah, so what's what's the most common one that gets used? So the one I launched joint? with was knee. Knees, yeah. And all of the braces are multi-use. So knee, right. it can also be your hamstring, your quad, your calf. It's not just a knee yeah. brace. Um, so we started with that and have had huge success with it which is great and you know it was designed for athletes that was definitely where I thought it was going Mm -hmm. Um, it was the inspiration behind it but what I've learned over the last several years is it's a lot bigger than just athletes and we've got a really big market in the post-operative space. So Mm. people having knee replacements, for example. So an older demographic, um, we've had enormous success there. Yeah. So we have the knee, arm, leg, then we have a small product, the ankle, wrist, elbow. So yeah, that'll get used a lot, surely. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then we've got back and chest and then shoulder, hip and glute. So we pretty much, across the four products, cover the whole body. Apart from the head. Pretty much. Pardon? Apart from the head. Maybe that's coming. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> look out. Exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going back to when you were um, coming up, I guess, with the prototype and then mm-hmm. you found the right formula um, mm-hmm. and you know exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. Had you ever had you ever started your own business previously? No. No. So what was some of the, I guess, speed bumps initially or, or the um, learning curves and things that you had to really kind of work through that were completely fresh in terms of actually starting the business or the company itself? exclusive of the fact that you've got the product because i mean you can have a really good product but if you don't know how to run a business or to market it and stuff people won't know about it so what were some of the um i guess things you had to get through initially with that i think the hardest thing was actually starting is just having that leap of faith because look i've got lots of good ideas um but actually making it into a product and Mm. then putting it out into the world is something quite different and I feel like I had a few key people around me that just were my little cheer squad and there's one woman in particular who I'll be forever grateful for who is 
she's one of the I think she's possibly the smartest person I know um, background at Boston Consulting Group just incredibly brilliant and she just checked in with me and would keep me accountable for mm. how's it going and I'll never forget her saying to me you know Belinda are you a little bit pregnant that was something that will always stay with me like are you in or are you out you can't just do this mm-hmm. like if you're in let's go all in let's go all in and that really if I did I think if I didn't have her on the sideline sort of really encouraging me it would have been very easy just to give up because mm. the fear factor of you know what if it fails what if people hate it what if you know I lose all my money what yeah. if I look like a dickhead yeah. you know it's endless yeah. those voices and I think probably when I met you yeah um those voices were really loud they were really yeah. loud I remember it. <laughs> I remember it very clearly um and I remember we had a heap of conversations about yeah. it and I didn't really know you that well um, no. then anyway, but it was like, I remember that you had this product which you were very confident about, mm. but it was, there was so much fear around it. I reckon there was a period for maybe like a month or two where every week yeah. before you left, I was just like, you just fucking got to, like, you yeah. just got to do it. Like, Paralyzed. It goes, like, you got to, you got to, yeah, exactly yeah. right, but... Um, I think this would be beneficial for people listening or watching too, though, yeah. because that's so common with anything. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a, a a company or a product like you've got. It couldn't literally yeah. be starting a podcast. It could be absolutely ask, asking someone out. It could yeah. be anything. Um, starting a fitness journey, people hold it off for so long. Um, but I, I can't remember whether I've actually talked about it on here mm. already or not. Mm. But I put up a video on my social media like maybe a week or two ago because I'd had a conversation. Uh, I was a guest on someone's podcast and they brought up this topic. If, I, if I've said this in the last episode, then we'll cut this out. But um, I was thinking, they, I got asked a question around like how to make the decision to go and do something even if you have no, um, even if you've got that fear of yeah. failure or rejection or whatever it may be. And this saying, I'll probably stuff it up, but I heard this a while back from someone I was doing mentoring with. Mm. And again, I might stuff it up, but the saying was something along the lines of um, like faith faith or belief is in, in like what you are trying to launch. So if it's a business or if it's whatever it is, is trust without evidence, or it could be mm-hmm. trust is faith or belief without evidence. Either mm-hmm. way, still makes sense. But when I got asked about how to make these decisions, even when you're scared, the best way I could put it together in some form of analogy was like if you went on holidays mm. and you went to your favorite location you've always wanted to go let's say when you guys just went to Greece mm-hmm. and then you just sit in your hotel room or your villa for every single day all the way up until the last day and then you go and do all the shit you wanted to do on the very last day mm. you wouldn't do that but people do that in life yeah people do that same analogy in life they they know exactly what they want Mm-hmm. or they have this decision they've made and you either put it off or you say you'll do it next week or next year yeah. or whatever it may be because you're waiting for the right time. There's never and a right time. No, if it, if it feels like it's the right time, it's too late. Yeah, and, no, I agree. And and something that I talk about a lot is that mm. if, you, if you're not doing something from the fear of failure, so in your case, you yeah. choose to not, if you chose to not launch the business, mm-hmm. then the outcome that you were so scared of is already a reality because no one's going to have your product. You haven't got a business. And all the time you put in was a waste. So that's the exact same result as if you had started the business and it did fail. You're in the same True. spot. 
So when you think Absolutely. of it like that, it's like, fuck, what have you got to lose? Absolutely nothing. No. It's a win-win. I agree. I think, you know, and just, you know, one of the biggest benefit. I mean, there's so many positive things that have come out of this whole experience, but I think for me at my stage in life, the personal growth and the learnings, mm. amazing. That if it all fails, whatever that means, I'll forever be grateful for the experience oh, yeah. and the learning. And I just look at everything completely differently now because, you know, I've I've learned so much over the journey. I've come across different people that I would never have met. Yeah, for sure. I've been, you know, to America and seen behind the scenes of those amazing colleges. I've had so many amazing experiences. Mm. And those times where things get really tough and often it's tough, I go back and I read the reviews. The good ones. Do you know what? I'm so lucky. People. They're all good. The hardest part is people understanding what the product is. Yeah. When they get it, they love it. Yeah. And my strike rate's really good. And I feel really <laughs> proud of yeah. that. But um, and that keep goes, going. Keep that going. goes for, for anyone and everyone. When you genuinely believe in like your product or your service. Yeah. Because often like even in the fitness space, right? When I'm yeah. working with a new coach or whatever and they're too scared to post stuff online mm. or they're worried about people talking shit or they're worried about yeah. posting too much or trying to sell too much. Yeah. I'm like, you're doing yourself and your audience a disservice by holding back from getting it in front of as many people as possible if you genuinely believe in your service or your product. Mm. If you think it genuinely would help someone, yeah. then it's your responsibility yeah. to get it in front of as many people as possible yeah without worrying about the small little speed bumps along the way or yeah you know if you have a it's probably inevitable that you're going to have an angry customer here and there but it's all just part of the fucking it's all just part part of the the journey isn't it and you know you can't be please everyone and i think you know things go wrong sometimes you get somebody that's unhappy but it's how you deal with it Mm. and you know so, it, you know, it's pretty cool, I think. It's very cool. I would imagine, obviously, we've got Grace in here at the moment. She doesn't have a mic. She's but so proud. Yeah, I was just <laughs> going to say, well, she, lucky, probably, probably lucky for you, she can't talk into a mic at the moment. No, but I, I would imagine like a, um, that's got to be setting a, such a good example for your kids as well. And I, regardless mm. of whether they know it now or not, at some point they will look at the growth and the journey of your business as well. And that's going to help them. I at some point so. in their life, without well, I, a doubt. I, it's important, like having two girls and a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important for them to see, you know, even at my age, I'm not 25. Um, 26? Mm, no. Maybe yeah. 30s. Yeah. No, I just <laughs> turned 50 last year. Um, so doing this now, and, you know, I've been doing it for several years, I feel more invigorated now than I think I ever have because of the exciting stuff I'm doing and that I'm exposed to. Mm. And I want the kids to see that, you know, it's never too late. And if you're persistent and passionate about something, and I'm very passionate about it, I love it. I love the little community of people around me that have supported me. You know, you can really, you can just do amazing things. I want them to see that. 
Yeah. And it does make an, it does leave an impact with people. Like I even think about my old man. I feel like I've told you about him before. He had his own plastering business for. Uh, I want to say 30 years mm-hmm. at least I'm pretty sure um, but right when he was younger he wanted to be a cop and it didn't work out so he started a plastering business and had it all the way up until he was past 50 right and then and then he made the decision to just pack it all up and try and become a cop again mm-hmm. and is now a, a policeman wow and like absolutely loves his job so how old was he when he when I, he started I can't remember. That. He was in his, it was like early 50s, I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? When he, yeah, when he, when when he, he became an joined police officer. Police and went to the academy mm-hmm. with like all these younger people and like, and then doing that. a lot of the stuff that he'd, that wasn't his strength. Like whether it be, yeah. you know, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying this, like whether it's like stuff to do with, you know, like computers or like oh, yeah. um, even like certain academic things or whatever that maybe he hadn't had to do for so long. Yeah. Um, so he got super uncomfortable and now, is a policeman and like absolutely froths it. Like on his days off, would prefer to be at work. Yeah. So um, that's great. Even me seeing that was like so inspiring. Yeah. Because it's one, as you said, it, it shows people that you never. Because I hear people all the time talk. Like, and I used to think it as well. Mm-hmm. Even when I finished school or when I was in school, I yeah. was like so stressed about the fact I didn't know what I wanted to do, or like what uni mm-hmm. course I wanted to do, or whether I wanted to go to uni or whatever. And then you know. Nearly, more than 10 years down the track I realised that it meant fuck all Yeah. to be honest I'm sure there were some people who were listening yeah. to that and thinking that yeah. it does matter but depending on what you want to do obviously but um, you can literally start whenever even uh, I can't remember we'd already started whether it was before the interview when you talked about um, we mentioned Gary V before oh yeah like yeah. he didn't even start posting shit online until he was like early 30s yeah and is now arguably one of the mo- most engaged business people in the world sure. online. Yeah. Um, so when you when you have someone at any age that wants to do something that they enjoy, I reckon it's just like, fuck it, just go for it. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, as well with, you know, you, you're talking about when you're at school, you didn't know what you wanted to do. I think my kids are at the age where, you know, they're finishing school. I've got two at university that whole experience is very different now to what it was when I went through back in the 90s. And in terms of the career pathways, which was very um, structured back mm. when I was at that stage and now with my my girls, or all three of them, my son's still at school, the opportunity to have a career and success can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Like, it, you know, you don't have to go and work at a corporate, in a corporate role. You can start your own business. You've got, there's so many ways to mm. be successful. And if you've got a passion and an idea, I think, which is, I think it's really exciting because you can write your own ticket. Yeah. It's super motivating and exciting. Yeah. And, and, as, and the other bit of advice I've been given a few people um, that I've been mentoring lately in particular mm-hmm. around like not knowing what your purpose is or not knowing what you want to do or whatever it may be is um, in my opinion, just follow like the good feeling. Yeah. So what, what feels good when you do it that you, you don't need to be paid to do it or you don't need to be asked to do it or forced to do yeah. it or, or drag yourself to go and do it. And then whatever that is, regardless of what it is, just go all in with it. Yeah. Because as you said, like you could, as we've started to see now, mm fucking playstation and computer games 
in the back in the day you'd have your parents tell you to go outside and play or whatever because the playstation's not going to do anything for you and now yeah. there's people making fucking millions of dollars to play playstation <laughs> in front of a sold out crowd so it's like yeah see that doesn't matter what blowing. niche doesn't matter what niche yeah. it is it's like there is literally a market for everything yeah there is it's there crazy sure is yeah what uh, can you give us an idea of the growth from 2018 to now? Um, pretty step significant. By step, I guess. We certainly have got a long way to go. And, I, you know, COVID hit in mm. the middle of all of this stuff, um, 2020, which I thought, oh, you know, this will be great. But it actually worked as a positive because I had more time mm. to – my husband was working from home, everybody was working from home, um, but life got a, a lot slower so I could really focus. And, um, oh, look, the last two years we've grown enormously um, and we're now – we have a digital agency based in the US where mm. we're really – that's a, a going to be a big focus Going the forward. US market. Yeah. 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 So I went over last year and met with various colleges in San Francisco and NCAA. Yeah. NCAA. Yeah. Just wanted to clarify. I just wanted to clarify. As in like sporting colleges. Yes. Yes. Like um, So like for universities universities in Australia oh, is colleges in the States for those yes, that yes. have no idea. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we went to Stanford, Cal Berkeley, it's like mind-blowing. Crazy, isn't it? Oh, the facilities. Mind-blowing, The sporting yeah. facilities are, you know, just – I've never seen anything like it. And I have seen behind the scenes at the AFL. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's incredible. But this is next Doesn't level. Doesn't compare. No. We had uh, 2011, I, we played basketball in the States for a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's right. In North Carolina and South Carolina. And we got to visit a few of the big colleges as well. So, like, Duke College. Uh, um, It's a good one. UNC, Mm -hmm. which was nuts. And, like, UNC, for example, was, like, they have a whole town for the college. As in, like, street signs, fire trucks, everything. uh, The the colour blue of, of North Carolina College everything is like set up for the college it's mental and their stadium was like fucking huge it's just like you can see how i don't think it'll change that much but in comparison the states in comparison to here like Mm. the high schools in particular as well yeah probably most importantly and then the colleges as well it's just like made for sport yeah it's it's just you know ingrained in their culture yeah um you know and it's just the sheer volume you know, 350 yeah. million people. Um, mm. What are we, 27 million? Is that how many we got here? 27, 28, I think, yeah, million. Right. How Maybe many of those have got RE3 Growing number. Yeah, good. Yeah. But, yeah, the US, that college system um, is incredible. Um, I would love one of my kids to have the opportunity to go over and experience that. It's not that easy. It's really yeah. expensive. But possible yeah um but yeah no just that whole experience living on campus and you know the sport it's Mm. it's incredible big community big family big community do you mind giving us insight into just roughly Mm. sales in year one 
in comparison oh, to God. roughly what it's now. doing now. Oh. Again, you don't have to if you don't want to, but just to give it some idea of... Oh, look, we've gone from in 2018 when I started, mm. I think I went to some professional footballers for trials um, and very key sort of strength and conditioning staff to just, you know, seed product with athletes and the feedback was amazing. But beyond that, when you, you know, have a website, build a website, hello, crickets, like no, mm. you know, there's a lot to happen to yeah. actually Gain be traction, found. Get eyes, yeah. Um, which I now know. So in 2018, I wouldn't say that our sales were particularly impressive. Um, but it makes your story better. But now, you know, we're a multi-million dollar business. And That's crazy. growing. So That's awesome. And we really, we haven't really even Touched started. Aside, yeah. Like our um, Beyond Knee, we've really focused on that because, you know, it was the first one. We've got surgeons that we wholesale to that use it. One of the surgeons I think you even went to, yep. you know, we supplied yep. directly. So we've got patients using it in the hospital, mm. you know, around Victoria, Sydney, Brisbane, um, and they just come to us organically now, which is pretty cool. So the growth trajectory is pretty good, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully we can replicate that in the US and beyond. I'm sure you'll have no issue doing that. I hope so. What's been the biggest? What's been the most difficult thing so far, or the biggest setback, or or the biggest speed bump you've had to get through within the business? Um, probably. Oh gosh, that's hard. Um, I think um, the mental obstacles that I I face mm. on a regular basis. The you know it can be really lonely at times when you know you're trying to get a foothold and it's expensive to drive a business mm. and you know we've kept a pretty lean machine so a lot of it you know comes you know it, it, a lot of this has been done on my own mm. and with that you know comes the self-doubt and I, I'm very very lucky that I've got a husband who is incredibly supportive of me that you know we've developed our own little ritual and I think it's really interesting you you know I know you've got your rituals in the mornings of the things that you Mm. do that you know start you up for success and all of those things but for me um, every morning we've got a little ritual where the mornings that we're not at the gym will he will go out and buy coffee Mm. and bring it back and we lie in bed and we have our coffee and we talk about the day and I talk about all the things that have haunted me overnight <laughs> and which is quite a few things oh, yeah. and we pull them out and we talk about it in the daylight. It's never as scary as what it is in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and it sets me up to go out there and, you know, take the day on. That's awesome. So that's, I think... Yeah, the biggest obstacle is just self-belief and, yeah. you know, listening to those voices that tell mm. you 
people aren't going to like it or it's going yeah. to fail. And, you know, it's, I guess his approach is, well, you know, what's the evidence? Why would you think yeah, that? Exactly He's right. very logical and rational. So that's a yeah. good... I think, yeah, you, that's where you've really got to become the observer of your thoughts and not the victim of your thoughts. Because we a have so percent. many so many thoughts and majority of them are subconscious thoughts yeah. throughout the day. So they're not something that we choose to think about. Yeah. And majority of those thoughts are negative. So yeah. it's like if you continually buy into every single thought, then you're going yeah. to have a pretty rough time. Yeah. But I think... Um, but why are the negatives ones so much louder? Why is that, I wonder? It's so much easier to listen to those voices than the ones you know I think, maybe yeah, that's just it definitely is i think mm. i don't know firstly but yeah when i think about it i feel like it's almost like we're kind of i think particularly when you've already got a mindset of like almost expecting something to go wrong yeah or like waiting for something to go wrong yes. it will if that's your mindset yeah and that's what you'll gravitate towards mm-hmm. whereas if you can change your mindset to mm-hmm to whether it be looking at what's actually right in front of you and seeing that there is no evidence of of this thing that you're worried about happening yeah or just consistently just staying at this neutral level of not being brought up and down by external things yeah and then also just having this i know it sounds pretty cheesy but just like having this positive mindset Mm -hmm. that everything will work out and you just trust in the fact that everything will work out the way it's meant to yeah and and everything happens for a reason yeah so then when something does come along that seems negative Mm. it's only negative if we say it is yeah you know what i mean like even if something is perceived as a really shit situation yeah it could be the best thing that ever happens to you or it could be the best learning curve that ever happens to you Mm -hmm. but if you label it as shit Mm -hmm. it will be a shit experience for you Mm -hmm. whereas if you can just look at it neutrally yeah and just think and and say and think to yourself that this is meant to happen and there's there's something there's something in this that i can use moving forward then all of a sudden the fear around bad shit happening kind of goes away because then you're like well regardless of what happens i'm just allowing it to happen and and then we kind of move forward from there and then thinking of your it's easier said than done but thinking of your thoughts like I use the analogy of, uh, um, this is a shit analogy too, but this is the best one I've got. Great. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. So everyone just <laughs> lean in and turn off the volume and get ready for this one. Um, shit analogy. <laughs> but it's like a, a job interview, right? So you mm-hmm. say if you've got a, a role at RE3 that, you, mm-hmm. that you've got um, advertised yeah. and you have 20 people go for the role, mm-hmm. you have to listen to the 20 people's interviews, but you don't have to hire every single one of them. So you get to pick and choose. So you become the observer of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And as a, someone who's hiring for the job, you still have to listen. You still have to observe every single applicant. Even if right from this moment they start talking, you're thinking to yourself, fuck, there's no way. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to choose all 20 of them. You're only going to choose one. So if you observe all of your thoughts, you get to pick and choose what thoughts you actually buy into. That's deep. Deep shit. Deep. Yeah. Was it as bad as what I said it was going to be? No, it's great. It's I love good. it. No, it's very good. No, yeah. I'm with you. What do you think you would... I know this is a bit of a cliche mm. question, but mm. if you were to go back mm. to 2018 yeah. when you did have that fear around launching it, yeah. what's a lesson or what's a Ooh. what's something that you would tell yourself now to make that whole process, process a lot easier and smoother for yourself? Relax just relax a little bit because um, 
it's all going to be okay. Yeah. You know, it generally is. And, you know, I had, I had a month off, which through the whole um, time of this business is the most amount of time I've ever had away. And we were overseas. And a few things happened that, you know, we made some changes and, you know, the sale, the daily sales just fell off a cliff. And I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, <laughs> great. Looking it's all over. Back. It's all over. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I may as well, you know, I'm going under. And, you know, that didn't happen. Yeah. And, you know, there's a logical reason for it. And, you know, sometimes, you know, things go up, things go down, but generally they stabilise again unless there's something terrible that's happened or, you know, which isn't the case. So mm. it's like just worrying about the day-to-day is futile. Like just yeah. you've got to look at it. And that's where my partner is really good at, you know, and his background is in finance. And, you know, we've been through global financial crisis and, you know, he's been doing this for, a, you know, a long time. And when you think, oh, like 2008, the, you know, the world's coming to an end, you know, we're all going to be, nobody's going to have any money, the banks are going under, it's, you know, and he, he just has a really good way of looking at it. It's like, you know what, cycles happen. Yeah. Um, this has happened before, the sun will come up tomorrow and it will all be okay. Yeah. And generally, it is. Mm. It is okay. And I actually work with someone who I adore and she's got a very soothing, calming voice. And sometimes I just have to get her to say to me, Belinda, it's going to be okay. I just yeah. need to hear that. It's like a little reinforcing, mm. I, don't, I don't know what you call that, but, you know, the proof is. Yeah. But I mean, it yeah, is. if you're able to zoom out. Yeah, zoom out. Zoom out and look at it and exactly. ask yourself the question, will, will this thing that I'm worried about now matter mm. in two weeks or exactly. a month or a year or five no. years? And if it's not going to matter then, then it's not worth worrying about now. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's having kind of, the perspective to sort of, yeah, you know, and not get caught up in the, the minutia of the day-to-day. Yeah. Which I think for me as a, you know, a founder and a, you know, managing director is being able to do that and stand back and not get so involved in every little yeah thing that happens and take more of the bigger picture view mm. so from the business side of things mm. has there been um or like entrepreneurial space is there mm. anyone i don't know that you take value from in yeah. terms of consuming content or using as a mentor or whatever um, do you know, one person that I think I just really like her view is a woman called Sarah Blakely, who is the founder of Spanx, um, hugely successful. And I, I just like her energy around, you know, her philosophy towards business and, you know, in life. And she you know, has says, you know, failure is good. And when she was a kid, her dad used to say to her and her siblings, you know, what did you fail at today, kids? And 
they celebrated failure because, you know, you're having a go mm. and that's where the learning comes from. When you do something really bad or, you know, you lose the race or you, mm. you know, you screw up on the footy field, whatever it is, you know, but what did you learn from it and what are you going to do about it? So I really like her philosophy yep. and in t- I identify with her story in as much as she had an idea she funded it herself. She went into, I can't remember, was it Neiman Marcus or one of those American chains? And everybody told her, no, no, this is a bad idea. And she took it in and she wore it. She went into the toilets and she put her prototype or first generation of Spanx and showed why you know, what was so great about them, yeah. you know, under white pants, you know, there's no underwear line. Yeah. And, you know, I really identify with that because, you know, with my product, until you try it on, you have it on your body. And if I could record every single person that's put it on and get that, oh my God, I get it now. Mm. Um, she did all the patents herself. She did the drawings herself, you know, finding a supplier to work with her in a factory. That's cool. And I think I kind of really get that. Yeah. I mean, she's a billionaire goddess and I know I'm certainly far from that. But in terms of, you know, it's okay to fail. It's okay to screw yeah. up. What are you going to do about it? What did you learn? And, you know, she didn't have a business plan, you know. Yeah. All of that stuff. The so I, I, I really value her. Mm. That's awesome. The failure one's interesting. Mm. Um, lately, I've really switched my view on it as looking at a failure like an attempt. I can't remember who I heard this from or read it somewhere, but seeing it as a, an attempt. So if I go to launch my business and yeah. it fails, mm. I can either look at it as a failure or I can look at it as attempt number one. Exactly. And what can I change for attempt number two mm-hmm. to make sure that the result of attempt number one doesn't happen again? Yeah. And when you think of it like that, it's less, way less scary. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I, I just, I find even though the fear of failure just holds like so many people back. Yeah. Literally every single person that I've come across that had a really big fear mm-hmm. of failure before they just took their step, mm-hmm. first step, afterwards have a perspective of it as to why did, why was I ever so scared? Yeah. Or like a sense of like relief, but also a sense of um, of like, what the fuck did I make such a big deal about that for? Yeah. In the first place. And I wish I had it started sooner. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. Interesting. And I, I do think for me at my age, you know, should I have started this sooner? Should And the reality is, you know... You can't change that. I can't change it. Yeah. And... You know, I think it all happened at exactly the right time. Um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Where where do you hope to see RE3 in, in let's say, another five years' time? Because what's it been? About five years now. Yeah. All at, in October. Mm-hmm. It'll be five years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, Year 10. Where Where's RE3? I, I, I hope that we have a significant penetration into global markets and that it becomes a you know you know one of those brands that's easy easily identifiable are you worried about someone copying the product um 
Okay, so it's already happened. When it happened the first time, I freaked out because, you know, it's very confronting. I thought, you know, this is the end. But getting back to my Sarah Blake Lee story, Mm -hmm. who I always look to for a bit of inspiration, And I have all of the necessary or as much protection in place as you can possibly get through trademarks, patents, all of that stuff. I've done everything. And she has been copied with Spanx. I mean, there's Nancy Gantz, there's now Skims, which is massive. Mm -hmm. You know, her view is, and I agree, or I've, you know, taken inspiration from, is if you've got a good idea someone's always going to want to replicate it. Yeah. It's the challenge is keep your eyes focused on what you do and just do it better than everyone else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are going to copy you. All you can do is focus on what you do and just do it better. Well, it's confirmation that you've got a good product as well. Well, it is. Because no one's going to copy something that's It's really fucking hard. It really is. And I think if you can do a better job than what I can by copying my idea, good luck to you. Yeah. You know, because it's really hard. Yeah. It's really, really hard. So I have had my packaging copied. I've had the name, you know, copied. I've had, you know. The name. Oh, yeah. What do they call it? R3E? No, there was a council that you know because it's a different category have used the re3 with the logo um for an event or something in um country victoria yeah crazy anyway you have to take it as a compliment yeah you know 100 percent. what would you i think for someone that's listening at the moment that Mm. or watching Mm. that has kind of now got a good understanding of what the product is, what it does, yeah. um, you know, the benefits, all that type of stuff, mm-hmm. but it still wants further clarification or is hesitant around whether or not it's actually effective. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I And I don't blame them for that because yeah. I think it's super important to not just follow the crowd and do the same shit as everyone else mm-hmm. if you have no fucking idea what what you're actually getting yourself into. Not that, that, that yeah. an ice pack is going to do anything harmful, but more so to mm-hmm. the point... What I'm trying to say is how do people know it's effective? Um, I think the validation for me is the increasing number of doctors that are using it in their practices Mm. that are supplying their patients directly and using it on wards is like for me a massive tick. Um, We've got a spinal surgeon using our back product for lumbar or for spinal fusion surgery because the patient can lie flat and ice, whereas other modalities, you can't do that because ice is hard and it's sharp and you can't lie down flat. Um, And, you know, we're having – that's being researched now, the effectiveness of – the cryotherapy for the this particular procedure that he does. Right. Um, so we're actually measuring it. I've got a sports and exercise physician doing a study using our back brace for um, in conjunction with PRP injections 
to see whether, you know, what the, the effectiveness, because that particular injection encourages an inflammatory response. Mm-hmm. So is you, but it's also quite painful. So using ice, is that going to detract from the efficiency of the shot? Ah, so using the ice after the PRP. Yeah. Hmm. So results of that, you know, so there's a few cool things that I feel, you know, I feel like I've got good people looking at what we're doing. Um, It's not just a fly by night, you know, we're in it for the long haul. Mm -hmm. I'm engaging with good people that know their stuff, that are listening. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know what the future holds. But I'm really committed to it. I'm really passionate about it. And I know it's so rewarding for the amount of time that I spend on it that I think, you know, I'm not selling lipsticks. I'm not selling T-shirts, no disrespect. But I feel I'm actually doing something that's helping people feel better. And, you know, take a bit less pain medication. It's another thing that we're looking at Mm -hmm. and measuring. And, you know, I know people will say, but you can use a bag of ice. And yes, you can, but you don't. One, uh, yeah, you don't know until you've tried it. Well, because it's, you know, it's a, it's a pain. Yeah. And, you know, what we're doing is offering people a really convenient vehicle to use cryotherapy. And because it's comfortable and convenient, they'll do it and get all of those benefits. Yeah. You know, if you have, you've done your knee and you need to have a physio treatment to numb the area and reduce the swelling so that you've got a better range of motion, your physio treatment or whatever Mm. treatment will be better because your range of motion is Is better. better. Yeah. You know, movement, getting moving back on your feet is really important. So, you know, is this, I think it's just the vehicle and the way we've done it. Yeah. Well, because you mentioned obviously athletes, um, post-op clients, Mm-hmm. What? How ha, has the target uh, audience changed from day one to now? And absolutely. And I guess are you able to define? I guess what your target audience really is. Um, we're doing a lot of work on that at the moment because I feel like you know we started looking at athletes, elite athletes, and you know as through the journey meeting with elite sports people, you meet the doctors, you meet the orthopedic surgeons. And what we've realised is if you've got a body, you're a potential customer Mm. because everybody can be injured. Um, And, you know, this solves a really common problem. Yeah. And a lot of people think, oh, it's really obvious, but nobody's done it like this. There are other things that may look similar, but they're not the same. Yeah. The magic is the combination of... The brace and that ice core blanket and then the added benefit that when the ice core blanket is in the brace, you can take it with you because it stays cold for hours and hours and hours. Once you start wearing it, it will, you know, warm up with your body. But you can take it with you to the game. You can take it with you to work Mm. and it will stay cold all day. In fact, when you take it out and it hasn't even been in the freezer it's still cold to touch. Yeah. Um, so it just makes it really easy and all of the packs come with two blankets. So you've got one at home, yeah, yeah. So you can always one in the office, in the or you take one to the game, you ice in the car on the way home mm. and then you've got the other one when you get home yeah. so you can rotate. That's awesome. You know, 
So yeah. it's a system is what it is, yeah. more so than just a product. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, I, I've obviously used them um, now f- pretty much since you launched, to be honest. Yeah. And in oh, that I time, I've just happened to have about fucking five different surgeries <laughs> in that period well, as well. Well, you're a good customer yeah, because you keep, oath. you know, between tattoos and... Recurring, recurring customer. And, you know, knees and... Shoulders, ankles. How did you do your shoulder? Boxing, Long that's story. right. Yeah. Boxing. Was it boxing? One of many. Uh, yeah, it was actually. Mm. Yep. Thanks for reminding me. Um, Belinda... <laughs> <laughs> I've actually really enjoyed this chat. There's been a, a, so there's been a handful of things that um, I didn't know or mm-hmm. that I've learned, um, mm-hmm. even though we've been friends now since 2018, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. And I'm sure the audience has taken away a lot of value, but a, a lot of inspiration as well. Um, and you are doing an incredible job and it's very exciting and very motivating. So thank you for coming on. And I, you, I look forward to watching it continue to grow. And if I can just say in closing... And you have been there pretty much from the launch date. I think you have actually been a really valuable part of this journey because, you know, we do train together. Well, I train, you talk. (laughs) I train you, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And I think the, you know, being physically strong is really important, but being mentally strong, I think you know, for your audience, which you've got a really loyal following for me as a client of yours and a friend is I love the combination of all of those things together. And you definitely have been one of those people. If I go back over the journey of all the people that have helped me along the way, you're definitely in there because you're just a really positive, um, caring influence and also I think not only to myself but to the whole family. So just oh, in closing. Thank you. There you go. I appreciate it's it. It's not a lot. even paying me. Oh what? It's all true. Yeah, I'll slip you the Facts. cash after this. Huh? I'll slip you the cash <laughs> after this. Thanks for that. Pretty much got it word for word. Thank you. <laughs> uh, no, I appreciate it a lot. Um, for everyone who has tuned into the episode, uh, whether you're watching this or listening listening to this, we would love to hear your feedback. So mm. Please do share this episode, whether you send a link to a friend or post a screenshot on your Instagram story or wherever. All the support is very much appreciated and we really hope you've enjoyed the episode. Thanks again, Belinda. Thank you. And make sure you subscribe to the show and we'll see you guys or speak to you guys in the next episode. I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself.